Nietzsche saying, there are no facts, they're just interpretations. And that's what art is all about, subjective interpretation, expressed in the objective plane. Some people have made the case that everything is shifted toward visual media. And this is the point I would like to make in a roundabout way, is one of the famous axioms or maxims of writing is show, don't tell. The good writers, they write things in such a way that you get the picture, so to speak. They don't tell you exactly what it is. They show what it is by, you know, to get heady and intellectual. T.S. Eliot called the objective correlative, which means whatever the author has in mind, there's an objective correlative meaning words, images, etc., that if they're assembled in a proper way, will convey that idea or concept to the person. That's the idea in summary form. But so what I'm going full circle to is those who fear that visual media will eclipse literary and all other forms of media. Well, the literary media to begin with was to give you an image, a concept, some vision. It's been said, the artist project, and by that I just don't mean people who paint, but art as a whole, artists, writers, etc. It's been said to give people new eyes, new vision, new perspective, a new ways of seeing, new way of seeing. That's why in art they study all the intricacies of that, like contrapposto, the first time somebody had somebody, you know, move their body a little. We saw those old Egyptian things and the Greek thing, and then somebody actually had somebody like move a little, contrapposto, contraposition, and other things. So they made a big deal out of it, right? In terms of, it was artists giving people a new way of seeing things, a new perspective. Well, interestingly to us, that's really what the spiritual project is. As Guru Maharaj said, what is your service? To acquire the proper angle of vision, right? Sambandha jnana, etc. It's acquiring the proper angle of vision. Oma jnana timurandasya is acquiring the proper angle of vision. So really the spiritual project is, is similar but deeper. Dive deep into reality. If we take it that art at its, at its best is some sort of representation of truth, uh, or reality, then you know, concede that and say, yes, then we should dive deep into that reality, beyond the superficial aspects. So back to deep reading, that's why the writers of the novel, they would say, well, when I, in, the, in the novel form, you can totally immerse the reader in another world and their uh, life and circumstance will be... Uh, how do you say, put almost in a state of temporary suspended animation where they'll be so absorbed in that. So that means being able to appreciate art internally, you have to achieve certain qualities and qualifications. What would that be? To, uh, uh, to appreciate art? To appreciate okay. divinity, art. Um, I well, mean, we, we can also say that our you know, writers, poets, art lovers, they don't have like, even the great artists, yeah. it doesn't always mean that they great, they paint their great paintings. Some things uh, just 
they have just external feeling, internal Again, feelings, experience. We'll have to understand something about the nature of reality. Is reality personal or impersonal? Or is it both? We'll have to have, you know, understand these things. Otherwise, you have nothing to measure it against. If you don't understand the nature of the absolute, then the, the idea that all things are relative, there's no way of measuring what is superior, inferior, progressive, regressive. So you, the, you have to come to the point of becoming acquainted with the absolute. That's why the Bhagavatam begins with this concept saying, yes, there's only one thing. There's actually only one thing. Just like Einstein thought, told his mistress said, you ought to keep a notebook for all your different ideas. And he said, I don't need a notebook. I only have one idea. And I keep thinking about this one idea over and over. He's looking for this one thing. Just like the Upanishads say, try to know that one thing upon knowing which everything is known. That's what he was trying to do. And that's what men of his ilk are trying to do. They're trying to know that one thing upon knowing which everything can be known. So in that sense, it's actually a theistic pursuit by Upanishadic standards. And so the Bhagavatam begins by saying, yes, Advaya again, there's only one thing to be known, but that one substance can be understood in three aspects. Brahman, there, it has a seemingly impersonal, abstract side to it that's all accommodating. And uh, Paramatma, it has a localized, all permeating aspect that's smaller than the smallest within everything. But its ultimate expression is Bhagavan, personality, and not just a male personality, but male, the predominating moiety, the supreme male, predominated moiety, the supreme female, and they have loving exchange. This is inconceivable by the most advanced um, brains of our time. At best, they can conceive of God as like, well, everything there is. If, if they're pushed, they'll come up with something like that. Basically, something that's abstract or tending towards impersonalism. But the idea that God could be a person is beyond their mental, intellectual capacity. And that's dealt with in the same beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Muhyanti Yatsurayaha. The thing, not only can, are the finest human minds unable to digest this, the gods are bewildered that the ultimate reality is beautiful, is, is reassuring, encouraging, uh, exciting. I can't think of the actual word that I'm looking for, but because we are accustomed to hear of reality and the ultimate reality and things like that, and uh, the scientists have tried to make that their, everyone else is dealing in interpretation, they're dealing in hard facts about things. And that the ultimate reality is beautiful. They, they could say, yes, in its expression or what we observe of it, what do they call it? The elegant universe, those kind of things. But that's not, that's the least aspect of its beauty.
the that it can be beautiful the way a person can be beautiful that the brains cannot accommodate or digest the beauty of a look the beauty of emotional expression those things cannot be denied to the the simple things that we can do in this world to deny that the supreme reality the supreme absolute truth can uh, express such things is uh, sad and pathetic so i when i was on my flight from beijing to new york and sitting next to me is a computer scientist teaches you know post doctoral computer science to very advanced people and i thought oh this is an opportunity to ask a series of questions but i only needed to ask one question which was and he agreed like yes you know ask me any question you like so i said as a hardcore computer scientist you know the way you've been trained and the way you teach said can you say with absolute certainty that the original source of all aroma or fragrance has no olfactory capacity in other words cannot smell and he said as you have worded this no i cannot say that with absolute certainty i cannot deny that uh, prospect or possibility is that that's all i need to know because now you've opened the door for the possibility of theistic culture and the concept of the personality of godhead because we can make a similar case for each sense can you say with absolute certainty that the original source of all uh, things to be seen has no seeing capacity seeing smelling hearing tasting touch etc so uh i've mentioned before that wittgenstein is arguably the greatest linguistic philosopher of the uh, 20th century bastard disciple of bertrand russell who drove russell crazy because russell could not defeat him <laughs> but that wittgenstein he lived above a petrol station in vienna while he's writing his books and and every day the aroma of coffee comes wafting upstairs and he's like ah he's smelling that coffee then maybe i'll go downstairs and have a cup and but then one day he had an epiphany and he thought with all of my linguistic power and skill i cannot in words convey the aroma of coffee to another person i could write a book about it but you won't know what it smells like you won't get that experience so then people you could say then how could, dare we say anything about god yes that's true if it's your own speculative uh conjecture 
can God, that, who, who may have olfactory capacity, may have the ability to see, hear, taste, touch, smell, feel, can he express anything about himself or not? That's Guru Maharaj's point. Can the infinite make himself known to the finite? Yeah, we'll, say, we'll concede. Yes, good point. Finite cannot know the infinite by finite means. Atak Sri Krishna na madi na bhavyed graham Yes, Rupa Goswami agrees with you. But that's not the end of the story. Can the infinite make itself known to the finite through infinite means? Even the most rational person has to admit that is possible. That's why Christopher Hitchens, the great atheist and writer, his friend, uh, the name something Amos. Does Martin Amos? Yeah. He as as much as Hitchens was an atheist, his friend, who's almost as much as an atheist of him, said to him, Chris, you've got to admit, if from a purely rational point of view, there's some possibility. You can't, you shouldn't eliminate that. And he's like, no, I say there's no, it's, you know. Even his best friend said, this I'll never agree with you on. As much as I agree with you, I have to say that in the infinite range of infinite possibility, it has to be there. Amnaya prahatatvam. These descriptions are divinely descended from the upper world. So we have to revere not only their content, but their structure, many things, and offer ourselves in service to them. It's all about service. As Guru Maharaj quotes Professor Senyal revealing to him early on in the days of Gaudiamat, if I go to read the Bhagavatam under the guidance of Guru and Vaishnav on their order, it may be devotion. So if I go on my own, it may be karma, it may be the karma. Same story, same words, everything's there. One's a devotional act, another one could be karma or vi karma, even detrimental. What is activating the spiritual current is the order of the Vaishnava in pursuance, pursuance of the order of the Vaishnava, pursuit of the order, the, serving the order of the Vaishnava. If Ado Arpita Paschad Kriyeta, beginning, middle, and end, if really this is being done as an offering, and one is offering oneself in service, as Kaviraj Goswami says, Sanatan Goswami says, it is not I whom writing Chaitanya Charitamrita, but some divine power is descended and is moving my hand and making me write or express these things. It is Madan Mohan's work. He's speaking like that. That's for writing, but it's also for perceiving, receiving all of these things. Not that I will now employ the Stanislavski method, I'll get the book out, I'll pretend. I'll act in such a way as to, um, like virtual reality, have an artificial simulated experience of higher reality. That will be my play. My Rupa Goswami warns of two groups of people, the 
sentimental by nature, who cry easily. Everyone knows somebody like that. I mean, we may be someone like that. <laughs> but just can just start crying over some very relatively non-emotional things or what, what should not really evoke such an exchange. Therefore, there are words like maudlin or syrupy. I mean, there are different ways to describe this. So he says, so that person who cries over kittens and puppies and, 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 and many other things, they'll cry when they hear about Krishna too. Don't think that those tears are some sort of ecstatic emotion. He's warning. Why is he warning if it's not an issue, even in his own day? When I remember we had heard so much from Prabhupada about Sahajiyas, you know, and Mayavadi, like we're in India, like looking around, like, oh, there's one over there. Don't look, you know. <laughs> but so we're traveling around preaching. And we're at some lady's house, and she's going to show us her deity, and she's going, I am very angry at Gopal today. Today he is a being a very bad boy, and he's not eating, you know. Like, and I'm thinking, is this real? I mean, I hope it's not real, because if it is, I offended some. <laughs> but it just seemed like too much. Is it really like that, ma'am? Like the Russian ladies. What did they, when, not, it's okay, now I'm not here to offend, you know, ba, the babushka brinda. But what is that thing where they say, like, affectionate names for Krishna and Radha, Krishnika, Krishnichka, and, you know, he knows, little Sahaja, but he knows. <laughs> no, but some of it's okay, but you can go too far. Little Sahajiism goes a long way. <laughs> So, I've seen de before deities in the Radha Damodar temple do all kinds of strange things and then start talking to the deity, arguing with, you know. Rupa Goswami is warning about this kind of stuff. So those who are sentimental by nature and the other group, acting, Stanislavski method. Getting into character. So, don't mistake it for something like that. Right? We're going to read and pretend. It's, again, it's, although it appears to be, it's not. It's not a mental exercise. It's not an intellectual exercise. It has to be a faith-based transaction. Whether you're an intellectual or a simple-hearted person, it has to be a faith-based transaction. Shradhan bato yediak. Then, something substantial can come to one. Not by force, not by sentiment, not by uh, imitation, but through service. Sevan muke hijavado. Shayam eva spurtila. Shayam means here. Through service, he may consent to reveal himself. Toshyaisha atma vivrinute tenalabhyas. Tanum Shwam. He may decide, he may not. As I told before, and what you excerpted, 
Bishwanath saying, you're taking Krishnanam, he's not revealing himself. Why? He could, but he knows you're capable of better. So, so it has to be real. Still, Nachta Praya Shabhadreshu Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya, Bhagavati Uttama Sloke, Bhakti Bhavati Naishtaki. At a certain point, what do you call it? The tipping point. Then now, right close to 100%, tipping point. Reaches so much of a majority, tipping point. But that's up to Krishna. So, the Veda Stuti chapter, 87th chapter of the Srimad, 10th canto, it's the longest chapter in the whole work. Prabhupada called Prayers of the Personified Vedas. And this question arises there that if we concede that with mundane instruments you can only express what is mundane, then how can you vibrate the holy name, have a spiritual discussion, express anything accurately about the supreme reality, or read a spiritual book, or any of these things, right? If you're limited by your seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling, feeling, by mundane senses, and the mind, which is also mundane. Mind is also mundane. Intelligence is mundane. So how can you express the spiritual with the mundane? Actually, this is one of the flaws of Prakrita Sahajaism. That's what they're trying to do. By reconditioning mind and intellect to express what is divine by simulating spiritual substance, Uh, simulating. It's like neuro-linguistic programming. I'll look at the picture of Krishna. I'll incessantly hear the sound of the name of Krishna. And in this way, I'll recondition my my senses, mind, and intelligence to be saturated with Krishna consciousness. <clears throat> Guru Maharaj uses this slok from the Bhagavad Gita to prove that that's a fallacy. Because he's saying, Bhumir Poana Lovayu, Kam Mano Budhir Evacha. Mind and Buddhi are, are Prakriti, they're mundane elements. And who is Jiva? Apareyam Itastvanyam Prakritim Bidime Param. A superior Prakriti to that is Jiva Shakti. So, the long and short of it, again, I said it's the longest chapter in the, tenth, in, the, in the entire Bhagavatam, is that, and perhaps Vishwanath and others will point out, this is why you have senses, is for spiritual expression. I've tried to connect this to the expression of Rukmini, Srutva-gunan-bhuvana-sundara-sunvatamte, Nirvishakarna Vivarai Haratongatapam Rupam Disham Dishimatam Akilartalabam Twayachuta Bishati Patrambapatra Chitrambapatra Pamme. As he's saying, now that I've heard you're Bhuvana Sundar, through hearing I could understand you're the most beautiful thing in the world. Now I understand that's why we have hearing, is to do that. It's not just one of the things you can do with hearing is hear about Krishna. That's not the actual point. That's what hearing is meant for. Seeing is meant 
to see the divine form of Krishna. So the reason you have senses, even mundane senses, is to allow for this possibility. So it's true. Going from down to up, you can't reconfigure matter to express spirit. No amount of finite will be equal to the infinite. But the infinite can make himself known to the finite. He can, he, spirit can manipulate matter. So the heart under the in, the heart, which means the deep heart's core, consciousness, the, our innermost consciousness under the influence of Krishna conception can express itself outward through the mind and senses and the tongue can vibrate Krishna Nam. That's Bhaktivinoda Thakur Sharanagati. Not that it's a common misconception amongst the devotees. I think they'll go like, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna. They'll vibrate this sound. Listen to that sound. It will purify their hearts. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> so you're going to vibrate a sound that's going to purify you. There's some canceling there. Rather, the heart under the influence of Guru, Sadhu Shastra Guru Vaishnav, can express outward the holy name or spiritual concept or the infinite making itself known to the finite. That's the only way you can understand Krishna consciousness is through surrender, which means self-giving sacrificing your intellect, your activity, kai monobakka, body, mind, words, everything you got. So that's the basis for a realistic position for a devotee to progress in Krishna consciousness. The right amount of self-deprecation and acquired appreciation gifted by the Guru Varga for genuine spiritual substance. That's a viable, progressive, spiritual life. And they can have some hope, some prospect. When Guru Maharaj says, dive deep in the reality, that it's possible. It's not uh, imploring us to do something that's not possible. But he's saying, but to do that, you have to be serious. Utsahan, nischaya, daryat, tat, tat, karma, pavartanat, etc. Serious, determined, faithful, patient, and as much as Krishna wants to reciprocate your heart's inner, true, earnest hankering, that'll be reciprocated and more. Guru Maharaj said, whatever little faith we have, cast it toward the infinite. He said, and then prepare yourself for what will come in return, in response to that. When Mahaprabhu serves the prasadam, he is so generous, he gives enough for four. Prepare for that. He, he only knows to uh, reciprocate infinitely. A drop of the infinite is infinite. So when we have any, by the grace of Guru and Vaishnav, Sadhu Shastra, some touch with Krishna consciousness, we feel ourselves very fortunate, as fallen as we are. I recall visiting with Srila Guru Maharaj in the afternoon one day, and he's sitting in his chair like that, as he would do sometimes, he go like this when he's very happy. Tap is on the part, and he said, "I gave my dandavas and sadhu." And he said, "I say, the ultimate reality must be dancing. What do you say?" <laughs> the ultimate reality must be dancing.
what do I say? <laughs> so I say the ultimate reality must be down saying, what do you say? <laughs> of course, it was a rhetorical question. Didn't, but, and Gormar is explaining. And it's actually on the basis of Prema Dhamma Deva Stotram. But it shows us a few things. That one is, Gurmaraj, till the end of his life, was generating fresh Krishna conscious substance. He wasn't merely repeating what he had realized in 1941. Or, the time is irrelevant. He's in a dynamic process and an inner dialogue that was consistently, constantly revealing new substance, even interpreting his own compositions. So when he said that the ultimate reality must be dancing, he said it on the basis of the Premadama Stotra, Atma, Savalila, Purnasokya Lakshanam. Purnasokya Lakshanam, the fullest expression, was the symptom of fullest expression of happiness. And he expressed it in this way. And see, again, remember, all of these things are connected thematically. We shouldn't think, oh, the Upanishads, they say one thing. And then there's Puranas, they say another. And then there's another one that says this. And there's another book that says that. If you think like that, it means you don't understand the unified field theory of Krishna conception and Gaudiya Darshan and Mahaprabhu and Guru Maharaj. It's all connected. So when he's saying this, he can factor in Om Purnam, Adak Purnam, Idam, Purnat Purnam, Udachate. So someone might say, oh, that's the sloka from the Ishopanishad where it says the Absolute is perfect and complete, right? Yes. And Gurmaj has many explanations of this. The famous zero times zero equals zero, zero divided by zero equals zero, zero plus zero equals zero, zero minus zero equals zero, a billion zeros equals zero, ten zeros equals zero. Understand the absolute in this way. Well, that's a footnote, sidebar. But here, Purna, Purnam, what are the different meanings of complete? Well, one meaning is Fulfilled. So he's saying, he, that, this is how Gurumar's meditation for 50, 70, 80, 90 years keeps yielding nectarine substance. So now, Purnam means fulfilled. Well, as he would express, when someone is really feeling satisfied or fulfilled, to the nth degree, here the Greek comes to our aid. Ecstasis, ecstasy, means actually outside of yourself. You're so happy, you've become ecstatic. You go, you're outside of yourself. And what Gurmars is saying here, when you're satisfied to the nth degree and the joy cannot be contained within yourself, it expresses itself outward as ecstatic dance. So, on the basis of this, you think the ultimate reality must be dancing. Reality must be dancing, but not in some uh, monotonal 
um, scientific, and all the atoms and parts, they're all, it's like a dance. They're just talking about movement. But now we're back to the original point. Guru Maharaj will say, movement enhanced with beauty is dance. Just movement is not dance per se. But when it's enhanced with beauty, it's dance. Speech, when the element of beauty is out of the speech, it becomes song. So the better writers, even the better prose writers, people, uh, you know, literary critics and observers, they will say, oh, at this point in his writing, it approaches poetry. They mean it's, it has a musical element to it. It's, it's, even though it's prose, it's so perfectly written, it's now as if it's being sung. What is the world in that perfect world? What are we told? Kataganam natyam gamanam. Where what they speak is like song. That's what it means. Not that they're just saying everything they say. What is being said, because it's saturated with reality the beautiful, it's song. And movement is dance. Why? Because they're under the influence of the ultimate beauty, who's also dancing. His ecstasy is not something that he strives to achieve, like to move from the unhappy position to a happy position. That's not Krishna. He's ecstasy personified. He's already Atmaram. So then the question comes up, Vishwanath and others deal with it. Saying, then why does he seem to enjoy his pastimes with the Brajagopis? What is he approaching them for? He's already ecstasy personified. He's Atmaram. Various descriptions are given there, like a child playing with its reflection, one point is told, but also that his movement, being ecstasy personified, his movements are ecstatic. He doesn't move to achieve ecstasy. He's already in an ecstatic condition. But he's extending or expanding that to others. When Guru Maharaj told about the ultimate reality must be dancing, and I thought at the time, a little while later thinking about it, I heard that Nietzsche once said, facetiously, he said, if I were to believe in God, he would have to be a good dancer. So I thought, as Guru Maharaj giving so much Sukriti to Hegel, I thought, if Nietzsche met Guru Maharaj, Guru Maharaj could give him a concept of God that he could believe in. <laughs> that the ultimate reality must be dancing. Ecstatic dance.